0: Marysville 3CU Church on this Sunday before Christmas, but you can't get much farther away from Christmas for uh, uh, the Sunday before Christmas service, because Christmas this year is on a Saturday, and so if it was one more day out there, it, w- it would be, Christmas Sunday would be on the other side of it, so it's a little unusual, uh, it's not odd, it happens, but uh but here we go. I thought today we talk about the Christmas story. That's the title of the message, the Christmas story. Uh, for some, the story is old and familiar. And for some, it's kind of a have a fleeting understanding because of all the mixed messages is out there and, you know, whether it's watching an animated uh, movie or a TV show or Just by looking at some of the scenes of Christmas that are out there, if you haven't been in church, or maybe you weren't raised in church, or maybe you've just forgotten, some of the things kind of might tell you a story that's not necessarily biblical. I mean, how many wise men do you usually see? Three? But we know that the Bible doesn't tell us that there's three wise men. It says they are wise men. And where where do you, you see a nativity and then usually has... The wise men there at the nativity, at the birth of Jesus. Uh, Well, the wise men weren't there. They didn't come till later. But when you see those scenes and you have the wise men, certainly they're part of the story, but there's some pieces that get confused and you might not be aware of all the pieces of it or you've got confused in some of the stories yourself. And we might have some people that are watching the sermon online or are listening Uh, in a podcast or something of the message, and they might not know all the reasons and and the particulars of the story and, and how things flow and the importance of things. So we're just going to tell some of the aspects of the Christmas story today. And who are the characters in this historical narrative? Well, of course, we know some of the key characters are Mary and Joseph, and of course they're Jesus, but we can't forget the angels and the shepherds and the Holy Spirit. So let's, uh, let's start out and let's talk about Mary. So I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter 1. The book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Now, if you were with us last week or listened to last week's message, We covered this passage of scripture, but we covered it for different reasons, uh, highlighted some different things, and so we're going to talk a little bit about it today. Before I read it, let me have a brief word of prayer. Father God, I pray to your Lord that you'd help us in understanding this all-important narrative that we find in scripture. It lays the foundation and the groundwork for your eventual death on the cross and then your resurrection so that we might have salvation, but it begins here. Lord in, on this, in this part of the earthly story. And we pray to Lord that you'd bless the hearers and bless me as I would speak the word that it might be clear. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. So Luke chapter 1 verses 26 through 38. Now the sixth month, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what matter of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. the son of god now indeed is Elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her excuse me a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren for with god nothing will be impossible and mary said behold the maid servant of the lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her may god add his blessing to the reading of his word now what is the setting? In a, in, a, in a story, what is the setting? And we, if we look down through the verses, you see some things there. She's in Nazareth, in Galilee, and you also notice that it doesn't say that she was sleeping. If you ever see something and she's, and some narrative and she's sleeping, sleeping, doesn't necessarily say she was sleeping. It doesn't say like it will in a little bit with Joseph that it was a dream. It appeared. The angel appeared. And we find out that Mary was a virgin. She was a a virgin even though she was betrothed to a man named Joseph. Now betrothed is, at that time, the first part of marriage. She was legally married, but in their process, as I recall, it's about a year then before you would go forward, the more so formal ceremony, and then the consummation of the marriage. So the consummation of the marriage wasn't until later, but she was betrothed. But this was a time period when they were married. And we find that, we understand her of being married, because later we'll talk about Joseph needing to put her away. And put her away is another word for divorce. And so, she was in this time period. She was still a virgin. And the angel Gabriel tells her that she's highly favored and selected by God to have a son. Now, as you can understand, she's a little confused there. And we read that in the story. How can this be that because she hasn't known uh, known a man, she hasn't cheated on Joseph, and she hasn't uh, consummated the marriage with Joseph? So she hasn't done anything wrong, but she's still trying to figure out, how am I going to have a baby? Well, as we read in the story, the baby is to be conceived of the Holy Spirit. So the baby is going to be conceived of the Holy Spirit. And his name is to be called Jesus. Now, maybe you've had other uh, uh, preachers tell you this, but as I have learned over time that Jesus was probably a fairly common name, and so sometimes that's why you'll say it's Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah, to distinct, be distinct of who he was and, and where he was from. But he says, and it says in verse 30, let's look at that right now, but when she saw him, she was troubled, excuse me, verse 30, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and he tells her, and you shall bring forth And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will be called and declared the son of God. We look in verse 35. Sorry about that confusion there. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also... That Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So that Holy One which will be born, He is the Holy One, will be called. It's not saying will become the Son of God. He will be called the Son of God. He is the Son of God, the Holy One that is being born, but He will be called the Son of God later. Does that make sense? Some people would read there and say, well, Jesus was born and He became the Son of God. No, He was born the Son of God. And then later, they called Him the Son of God. We want to make that distinction. And this conception we read in that scripture will be of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit was involved. So in Nazareth, we have the Virgin Mary, that is betrothed, legally married, but in the early stage, it's more than engaged, but in the early stage of marriage, not so far as the large ceremony, and it's not been consummated. And we find that in verse 38, if, we, if you look there, Mary says, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her. Mary consents to this, Mary consents to this. So that's Mary. Now let's look at Joseph. So for Joseph, we go back to the book of Matthew. We go back to the book of Matthew and we look at it from the perspective of Joseph. A lot of times you hear about Mary, but Joseph also played a role. And in Matthew 1, 18 through 25, we're going to read that as well. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly, through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. (coughs) So again, we start out, and we have, this is Joseph we find some things about Jesus as well. It says, Jesus Christ. Christ, again, being Greek for Messiah, and Messiah being Hebrew for the Anointed One. And so this is the one that's been prophesied, the one that has been promised. We find out in verse 14 that Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So, what does this tell us? This tells us that Joseph, we look at verse 18.2, Mary becomes pregnant of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph finds out about it. And then Joseph is considering putting her away privately, which in those the terminology of the day to divorce her. So a couple things have happened. One, we know that Joseph knows that she's pregnant. Mary. If she told him, if Mary told him, and she might have told him, he would seem not to know what to do, or maybe he didn't believe her, so he's going to put her away privately. Or, he noticed, and she didn't say anything. I don't know what kind of conversations would be taking place. You can just imagine that he's betrothed to someone. She's supposed to be faithful to him. They're in a married situation. Even though they haven't consummated the marriage, but she's supposed to stay pure, and something's happened here. And I'm sure that if he, she told him the story, that he would be a little curious and wonder what has taken place, what is going on. But we find that the angel appears to him in a dream, so he does appear to Joseph in a dream and tells him about this child. And he confirms that it's conceived of the Holy Spirit. So, if Mary told Joseph, then he might not have believed her. But here we have, in a dream, the angel confirming it to him. That she she has conceived of the Holy Spirit. And that he is to move forward and not fear marrying her. And so Joseph accepts this. And he accepts whatever shame that comes with it because he takes her to be his wife. And the reason I bring that up is because everyone believes that this is Joseph's son. Because if you look in Matthew 3, and Matthew um, I'm sorry, in Luke 3.23, I just want to connect the dots for you here. In Luke 3.23, now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. Being as was supposed the son of Joseph. So people assumed that Jesus was the son of Joseph. And so he took that on. They didn't think that she, had, uh, she was pregnant by someone else. They assumed that it was Joseph's child. Now, we find some other things in the passage that, that Joseph finds out about. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, in verse 21. For he will save his people from their sins. So we find out, Jesus, that uh, Joseph is to watch out over and provide for, as the adopted father, as it were, will save his people from their sins. So it's fairly explicit that what what is going on here and bringing that forward. And we find some interesting things then also in verse 23. The prophecy from Isaiah 7.14 is fulfilled and it's quoted there. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. God with us. So Jesus is God with us. So Jesus is God. And so we find that in Scripture as well. And we find in verse 24 that... Joseph obeyed. Joseph obeyed. So Mary said, yes, do unto me as you have said. And then Joseph obeyed as well. And then in verse 25, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Joseph did his part in not consummating the marriage so that she was gave birth to Jesus as a virgin. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. He could have violated that, but he chose to leave her pure until after the birth, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son. Mary had other children, but we see how that picture kind of comes together. So now let's look at the birth story. We understand the characters. We understand that Mary found out then Mary was pregnant and then Joseph finds out about the pregnancy and then Joseph finds out more of the details. I would imagine Mary would be hesitant to tell Joseph, I don't know and I can understand that I mean, I can understand if Joseph was hesitant to believe her. I don't know what her parents were thinking. How would they, how would you process all that information? So look to verses 1 through 20, we find the story itself and so let's turn there. You're like, well, we're reading this story. Everybody's familiar with it. I'm not sure everybody is familiar with it. And so let's lay this found work. Let's talk about the birth. And so in Luke 2, 1 through 20, And it came past in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now, some people, if you just read that part of the passage, we will continue on in just a moment. They get caught up in some of the, the, the terms and, and some of the time periods of who was governing what location and whether it was a census or not a census and who was in, in charge. I would suggest to you to maybe look at some books like Case for Christ and some other ones if you have some concerns or questions about whether Quarantine Interest was governing Syria or not. Uh, If you have concerns about whether the city of Nazareth exists, all those different questions, everyone likes to poke holes in the Bible. But what they're finding out as they do more and more archaeological digs and stuff is that, yeah, the Bible is being verified by these archaeological digs and by these findings and by these scriptures. So I wouldn't be so fast to poke holes in the Bible. So here's the story. She went. There wasn't room. And some will even say there's not an inn. And maybe there wasn't. But there wasn't room. And if it's a guest room, or whatever room, there wasn't a room. And so they needed to find a place to stay. And so they found a place where the animals were at. And they put him in a manger. They put him in a manger, the food trough, the place where you put the straw and things and wrapped him in swelling clothes. Rough place to have a baby, but there's been babies born in all kinds of locations. And so Jesus was born there in Bethlehem. And so now we come to the shepherds. What about the shepherds? Let's go to verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping their watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. I think I'd been greatly afraid too. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord it declares to them the saviors here the messiah who is christ remember christ is greek for messiah the messiah who is christ the lord the promise that they've been waiting on has coming remember this is after the what was what's called the 400 years of silence between that time period between the old and new time, uh, new testament the Messiah is here. Verse 12, And this will be assigned to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Isn't that interesting? Going to the shepherds, the keeper of animals, they would not feel uncomfortable going to the manger. You know, some people of status might be uncomfortable in a barn. Some people that haven't been around barns might feel uncomfortable around the animals, but not the shepherd. Jesus came in a lowly station. He didn't come into the king's house. He came in a lowly station, a place where even a, the common man could understand. Verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Verse 15, So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem, and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to, de- to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So they came on that night, he was still in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they were and when they had seen him they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child, and all those who heard it marvelled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Can you imagine? You're looking for hope. You're looking for a Savior. And you got to see Him. And so they rejoiced in the Lord. So you have the shepherds. The shepherds did come that night. They were there. And we find Jesus is declared, verse 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And so the shepherds come to see that same story. So the shepherds were there. So when you see shepherds in the nativity, that's right. Now what about the wise men? What about the wise man? Now let's go back to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. We're doing some history lesson here. There's a lot of theology in here. But if you can remember the history, and you can remember the historical narrative, then it lays foundation for those theological and doctrinal discussions. In Matthew chapter 2, we find about the wise men. The wise men. So let's kind of read this story. Verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. So after he was born, saying, Where is he who has been born, king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. Remember, Herod has little, always been, he's worried about his throne. He kills off family members if need so to protect his throne. So now he's got another threat to worry about. Verse 7, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. I want you to remember that verse, determined when did the star appear. Verse 8, And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold the star which they had seen in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they come into the house, notice there it says they came into the house. They saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country under the way. And there you see there maybe why they came up with three wise men because there were three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But we don't know that there were three. But there were three gifts. So then you have the wise men come. They see him And then they go back another way, being warned of Herod. Now what happens? Verse 13, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child, and his mother flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he rose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed for Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. So why would they flee to Egypt? He was warned of a dream, but why was he warned in a dream that he had to go to Egypt? Because, verse 16 tells us the answer. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceeding angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled that was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. What took place? Herod, threatened by someone trying to take his throne, is going to kill off anybody that is the threat. And who's he's going to kill off? These male that are two years old and younger. Two year old and younger. And you might think, well, what about a child? It's not like they're going to grow up, you know, Herod's age, but remember, they could have a child king, right? But why did He say, two years and under? It says, all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which He had determined from the wise men. Where did He find out the time according to He had determined by the wise men? Back in verse 7. What happened in verse 7? He secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. He correlated when the star appeared, how long the star appeared. That will tell me about the time that the child was born. And so if the star appeared, let's say two years ago, or the star appeared 18 months ago, then that means he was probably born about 18 months ago. So I need to kill the child and children that are two years and younger to make sure I cover it. So the star appeared when Jesus was born. Then the wise men followed the star star, told Herod about what time the star appeared. So Herod knew when the child about what time the child was born. And then that's how he knew what age to kill and wipe out. And you see how those work together. And they call that, your Bible might say it, the massacre of the innocents. But you have to remember that it was a small town out in the boonies. It's not like he killed all the two-year-olds in a large city. It's a small town. It might might have killed 10 or 20 boys. I don't know. But it was a small number. And if you did some calculations, that's probably a reasonable number. But remember, Herod killed people like his family, and a lot of those things. There wasn't like it was CNN or, or Fox News or MSNBC or any of those news groups that you might watch that were out there reporting, like they report today. From this obscure little town, out in the boonies, and so they were killed. Now, we have Jesus. That's why Jesus was in Egypt for His protection. And then what happened? Remember in the verse 15 it says, that it might be fulfilled which was broken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. So now we move down to verse 19 and finish out the story. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he rose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. So there's the, the rest of the story there. He's in Egypt. He's, Joseph is protecting them while things go on. You know, sometimes God moves us out of the way of something or has us wait in an area until he can take care of things in another area and the time passes. So, Jesus was in Egypt being protected by Joseph. Herod passes away. Coast is clear. He moves back. And so then you have him moving back um, and not going back to Bethlehem, but going back to Nazareth, where it all started with Mary. So you see the timelines and see how all those things work together. And it's quite the story that he was in, born in Bethlehem Seen by the wise, man, wise men in Bethlehem. Then moves to Egypt. While Herod kills off the two and under in Bethlehem. And then he moves back to Nazareth. And so you have the culmination of the pieces of story. It took a little while to tell all the story. But we went from Mary through Joseph. Through the birth and we encapsulated what you often find at the Nativity, which is the wise men. And so hopefully, as we've walked through that, that you'll have a clean understanding of how all the pieces fit together and how they come together. And then as you discuss theological aspects of the story, and as you discuss doctrinal aspects of the story, you have reassured your foundation based on what the Bible tells us on who was where when they were there, and how it fits together. But we're so thankful that Jesus came, and he came as a virgin. It enabled us, it enabled us to have our salvation through his death on the cross and his resurrection to be that perfect lamb um, that would be the propitiation for our sins and died uh, so that we could have eternal life. So may you have a blessed Merry Christmas, and let's be standing together as we prepare to close in prayer. Father God, I pray to the Lord that you would be with us this Christmas season that we would remember the true story. Regardless of all the songs we, we hear that would be to the contrary, that we might lean in and listen to the ones that tell the truth, that are consistent with Scripture, just don't have the, the jumpy tune, maybe, or maybe they do. But Lord, let us hear the truth And let us base our doctrine, our teachings, our beliefs on the truth. May our theology be based off the truth. And may we search out scripture and have that understanding based on the truth of your birth. Bless us now, we pray. May we show your joy to others um, uh, throughout that they might feel the blessings of God in this great Christmas time and the gift that you gave to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.